Grace, mercy, and peace are yours this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it says at least something about us that the very second we hear the text about how Jesus will judge on the last day, we have to start looking for loopholes. All we see is that list. These are the things to do. And honestly, the things that we didn't do. So, you know, loopholes help. Sometimes maybe we'll even invent like a really nice trite saying to try and add legitimacy to it. Like, you know, God helps those who help themselves. And then we'll just ignore the entire rest of the whole book where he only helps sinners who can't help themselves. Or maybe just chalk it up to the fact that, you know, nobody's perfect. It's not that that stuff doesn't matter. It's just that if you were to measure out all of the things that I've done, both good and the bad, most of us, we, we figure we're at least trending positive. But the maddening part is then you go and read what the Lord has to say, and nobody is actually left out for what they did. It's for what they didn't do. Each did the stuff on the list. The sheep and the goats both. The sheep, by Jesus' own words, you did these things. But the goats, you can tell by their surprise what they were up to. When did we not do these things? because they were already trying. When my wife asks me to do the dishes, and I say I'll do them, and then I don't do them, and an hour later she comes to me and says, why aren't the dishes done? I won't say, when did you see me not do it? <laughs> if I miss one, that might be a surprise. I'm just saying, don't act like you have to be a Christian just to be nice to people. It isn't that the goats didn't do that. It's just apparently they didn't do enough. Which is a scary thought because everybody did at least some of the stuff on the list. The question is just whether or not I want to be judged based on how well I did it. Honestly, the list only really seems to encourage that kind of behavior. Like, I can go through that list and maybe find a couple things that I really want to hold up as a reward. Like, hey, look, I did that one okay. You can find some things I... No, I didn't do. Most of all, I can find the things that people should have done for me and didn't. Which is the thing about attaching any kind of judgment to this list of actually helping your neighbor. As soon as you attach even the slightest bit of judgment to it, it stops being about my neighbor anymore at all, really. It's, it's just about me. How well did I do it? Who didn't do it for me? And when you want to talk about what you've earned, it's uncomfortable, not just because you, you know what you didn't do, but also because the Jesus who says that he wants the least of these cared for seems to have set up a system where the only ones who can't be saved are the least of these. Do you ever notice that? You homeless people, invite other people into your homes or be damned. You sick people, make sure you visit the sick so they can 
Catch what you have all pandemic-like. You hungry, share the food you don't have or go straight to hell. When you look at the list to figure out judgment, at best, the least of these who Jesus says he loves so much turn into an object lesson as to why some people go to hell. Never mind that they can't be saved themselves. But our Lord doesn't wish that. Pay attention. Read the text. Jesus will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. See, hell was not made for men. It was made for the devil and his angels. God wills no human there, none. It's just we keep staring at that stupid list, and everyone gets uncomfortable. Everyone. Every single person on that last day is uncomfortable with Jesus' assessment. The sheep and the goats, both. Because the goats, they figure they did enough. They trusted in themselves, and they don't like what they're hearing. They didn't. It wasn't that they didn't care about doing good things. It's somewhere down the line they missed somebody. The sheep, though, are every bit as uncomfortable. Even after they hear they already got in, they don't like this. The one thing in the world they don't want to be judged on is their works. The concept still bugs them even after hearing that they are sheep. They trusted in God and now they're freaked out because he's actually going to look at whether or not they did enough works. Because they know if you look at my works, I didn't do enough. When, Lord, did we get you too? The thing that separates the sheep and the goats is not what they were doing or even how much they were doing. It's just where they put their trust. The only real separation is one simple question. Is your religion actually bigger than yourself or not? Because if your religion is only as big as the things that you can do, the things that you can build, that's one thing. But if your religion is in a God who just happens to be bigger than you. That's another. The separation between sheep and goat is not measured in works. Just whether or not God would have anything to do with his creation at all. Because if you just want to run it by the list, we all know no one should be saved. But what if Jesus actually loved the least of these as much as he claims to? even enough to come into this world to redeem them who have not earned it, who do not deserve it, but who our Lord loves? What if God entered his creation, took upon himself our weakness, our lowliness, our lack and our want, even our sin, and carried them for us where we could not go, brought them to that cross to bleed and to die, not for the righteous, but for sinners, not for those who have earned their place in salvation, but for me and for you. And for all, Christ loved the least of these enough to die for them. He ties them so closely to himself that to feed one of these little ones is to feed him who died and rose for that one. That is the religion in the whole rest of the book. Why would you set it aside on the last day? Do you really want the study guide to not look like the test at all? Do you really think that every word of mercy that our Lord would speak would finally stop when it all comes to matter. By works, the only people who can't be saved are the least of these 
who God seems so concerned with in the first place. So set aside the works. Set aside the list. Stop with the list. And look at the kind. Because before we could ever grab hold of that awful list and start to lay out the things we did and failed to do, our Lord already makes clear how you got in. You are a sheep. Before the list ever shows up, he separates them by kind. He sets the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And that's not about the list at all. It's about the kind. You are a sheep. You see it in when the kingdom was prepared for you. Before the foundation of the world, the kingdom was prepared for you. Before you ever were born, the kingdom was prepared for you. Before you ever had a chance to even approach that list, you were named a sheep, and your place in the kingdom of heaven was set aside. Before you could ever do the work, you were named righteous. Before you could ever even attempt to accomplish that list, the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world for you. The law only looks at the list. The gospel only looks at the kind. So start with the kind. And it opens up the possibility to look inside of Christianity for mercy and not loopholes. It gives us the chance to imagine that even the least of these who cannot do enough to fulfill the law can be saved. Sort of like the whole entire rest of the book tells us. And it even lets us be honest with ourselves. In this life down here, I've done some good. And I've failed to do a lot more. And I've sinned a whole bunch. But my sins are up there on Christ who was crucified for me. My sins are forgiven because he bled and died. My salvation was won not by my works, but by his because hell was not made for people. He willed no one down there. That anybody enters hell is a travesty, even to the Lord. But it is only because they would not be sheep. See, sinning doesn't make you a goat. It makes you a goat if your religion is never bigger than yourself. Know where you fit in this. Yours is not to carry guilt or fuel fire. Yours is to be saved by Jesus. The kingdom was not just prepared before the foundation of the world, but it was prepared for you. Our comfort today is that these things are already prepared for you, with you in mind, with your sufferings and your lacks and your failures and your sins. The kingdom was prepared for you, that your sins would be placed on Jesus and righteousness would be yours by his gift. You won't measure it in how much of the list you've accomplished you won't find it in yourself at all, only in what God has already finished. And you can know you already have it as he delivers it, because you are baptized before the last day, and you ever have to stand before the throne to make your excuses and lay out your loopholes to see if they save. Just put on Christ. You are baptized. Before you could ever do good works, you are named God's own children. We wear our baptisms as armor against ourselves, 
our shortcomings and our sins and our fears, we put on Christ and his holiness and his righteousness. Because you are baptized, you are holy. You do have salvation. You are now a saint. Because you are baptized, you put on Christ's works and receive his rewards, even as you will now hear. Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. In the name of Jesus, amen.